lunch at Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello, welcome to Uncle Mo's family feedback. We'll look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the cream medals of the Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your co-host, Tyler McRae. With me is my other co-host, and we're making sure we're at a nice social distance over the internet here, folks. Uh, Cal, how are we doing? <coughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm generally good. I got told to, obviously, if you're backdating this, or if any scholars are listening to this episode, you know, when everything has gone to shit, and all our arseholes are really clean, but, you know, we're all dead. I'm fine. <laughs> uh... I've had to self-isolate, which everyone should be doing, really, because um, my mum was showing symptoms, but it's looking unlikely that it was the Rona. Um, mm. But working from home is weird. I was on because I work predominantly in a call centre. Um, my and I do live at home still, hence why I have to uh, isolate. Um, on my first day back, I guess. Um, my mum walked into my room twice whilst I was on call, despite me telling her five times, don't come in. This acts as though I'm not in there. Um, but yeah, I'm all good, all ready for apocalypse. Considering shaving my head, but it's only been four days into, (laughs) you know, and I, I I need to keep my hair long and get into shape. So that I can finally be sexy Flanders, stupid sexy Flanders. <gasps> yeah, that is yeah, my, we need that. That's my body goal. Well, yeah, um, my work has got the message of coronavirus. They just seem to be delaying the amount of people from the department um, going home. So I guess it'll be a matter of days or maybe even a good week till I'm uh, at home and just, you know, casually uh, making wanking memes according to Twitter. Because that's all we're going to do from working from home, folks, is just... Uh, it's just going to be a big wank fest, apparently. Not nothing actually productive will get done. But you know, a man can dream. Well, being that I work in a, a bereavement-based job, my wanking time has only probably gone less, if anything. Like the thrill of not doing it in a public office has kind of <laughs> killed the mood a little bit. And the episode we're going to be reviewing today is Marge in Chains, On the- season four, episode twenty-one. Directed by Jim Reardon, written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, with the original air date being May the 6th, 1993, and the couch gag being that all the mini family climbs up onto the couch there. Now, uh, as always, what are your initial memories, your nostalgic memories of this episode right here? Well, this is a classic episode in which The Simpsons predicted the future that Kung Flu and the China Flu and everything was going to happen. Um, no, uh, I... I I'll be honest, as as always what happens with these episodes is I think it's two different episodes for some reason. And I, I can't... I mean, it's because of the change in, in the storyline, but it's a very topical episode. I put a spoiler in, in the backwards works. I recommended this because I saw a clip on Instagram, which I was going to make a joke about quarantine not realising it, it's the one with the Osaki flu in it, which, if you have seen the memes, the Simpsons, they haven't, they didn't produce their uh, corona, coronavirus or anything like that, they, you know, they're still fighting off Ebola and shit, but it's a good episode, I, it's, I, it's got some funny lines in it, Lionel Hutz is amazing in it, as always, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. What about yourself? 
Uh, myself, I always remember this on the old season four DVDs when I had um, you know, get them for my birthday and that. So this all one always sits um, well. You know, season four is a nice golden season for me. I'm just looking through Wikipedia, and as far as we didn't mean to pick this episode, folks. We, well, Cal merely recommended it, and it just I... conveniently that this current <laughs> apocalypse and end of the world situation is happening with the old. Corona. You know that even on Wikipedia, there's now a coronavirus prediction page for this episode. Is there really? Wow. There is really. I'm looking at it now. See, when I recommended it, I like I said earlier, I saw a clip because I follow one of the many Instagram Simpsons clips in Instagram, which is always good because it kind of it, it you know it, it reminds me of episodes I may have forgotten and and you know it gets it in my zeitgeist for when we eventually do the episode. Um, and I suggested, because I saw a clip for what I was going to make a joke about, can't remember it, can't remember the joke whatsoever, and then when I watched it, I was like, oh shit, it's this one, it's the one, <laughs> and Tyler thought I was being a prick, but no, I'm just being a dumb cunt, as always. We open this episode with um, Phil Hartman, as always, you know, I'm obviously going to play every single Phil Hartman clip, he's a national treasure for those in the States there, we have, um, I can't believe they invented it, which... Um, I believe was last in Saturdays of Thunder there in season three. But he's coming down and he's explaining, you know, oh, before now, this is the only way to get juice out of an orange. Hello, everybody. I'm Troy McClure, star of such films as P is for Psycho and The President's Neck is Missing. But now I'm here to tell you about a remarkable new invention. Until now, this was the only way to get juice from an orange. You mean there's a better way? And he busts an orange off his eye. And I just love the grunting and the acting from Hartman here, really straining his eye against it. And, you know, what fucking moron actually believes in this? And we cut to Homer just doing the exact same thing. With even more effort. Um, Oh, you know, is there a better way? And then it turns out there is. And who does uh, McClure bring on here? Uh, good old Nick Raviera. But that's all changed, thanks to the juice loosener. Let's meet the inventor, Dr. Nick Riviera. Hello, Troy. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Troy, would you like a glass of orange juice? I sure would. But won't we have to pay those outrageous grocery store prices for something the farmer probably spit in? Not anymore. All thanks to the new juice loosener. Doctor, are you sure it's on? I can't hear a thing. It's Whisper Quiet! You got all that from one bag of oranges? That's right. Order now, and you'll also get Sun and Run, the suntime lotion that's also a laxative. Yeah, it's Dr. Nick himself there. And, you know, he asks Troy the immortal question, you know, oh, you know, would you like fresh uh, squeezed orange juice? Oh, you know, I sure would, but, you know, we would pay you just thousands of dollars for something the farmer would probably spit in. And it's just, I love it. It's so hacky. It's so um, overly acted there. And it's so disingenuous, especially the bit where they bring out the product itself, the juice loosener. And it's noisy as hell and it's just you know are you sure this is on i can't hear a thing and nick's just screaming over it's a whisper quiet <laughs> and it doesn't even produce well it produces very little but troy's still you got all that from one bag of oranges 
Now, have you ever bought anything, any any tap from any TV? Uh, uh, thankfully not. No, not from QVC. But yeah. um, my grand. dad's definitely been tempted a few times, especially <laughs> if it's anything to do with like uh, cutlery or cutting and chopping stuff. You know, like a multi-faceted knife. You know, get <laughs> tempted, but me, no, not myself. No, I haven't either. I think it's more of like an older generation thing, I assume, because like. My grandparents, or my, my granddad specifically, used to buy so much tat off it, and it was tat. It's like there's no. Oh yeah. It it, it is just tripe like this. What just doesn't really do what it's supposed to do, and anything like that. I guess the only kind of thing we've got now, like a more modern millennial version of it, is probably Wish dot com, which maybe not oh buy stuff God, from that there. Is trash. It really is. It's <laughs> it, it, it it's horrific. I love. The seeing all the shit what what's shown on there it's just it's just weird some of the stuff some of the stuff doesn't even make sense like this is, there's one it's like a bolt you might have seen it it's a bald dude in a leather jacket with sunglasses on no idea what it is <laughs> i'm curious by it it's got my attention <laughs> but i have no idea what it is if it's a sex doll or what town gets in a panic buying frenzy for this juice loosener and you know there's a shipment uh, from Osaka, Japan there. That's where they produce them. And um, they have two workers here. You know, one of them's really sick. He's got the flu. He ends up coughing into the box and they end up shipping it away. I did like the touch of... Um, I mean, did you think of Godzilla and that kind of acting when you see him just purposely, the mouth movements out of the sink there and they're saying, no, please don't tell my supervisor I have the flu and it's all completely off. It's very... Um... Like anime, like old school anime kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, very good. Six to eight weeks later, um, Homer finally gets the juice loosener, but you know, this big cartoonish infection comes out. This big sort of fog gas comes out and infects him. Now, what's your favourite um moment here from this uh, scenes of infection and you know Arnie Pie vomiting out the sky? <laughs> um, do you have a favourite? See the uh, the Otto bit, I was remember my mum walking in this is only recently as well like my mum walking in is like oh that's disgusting oh my god but <laughs> it's got to be um uh seymour with his mother no yeah <laughs> every flu flu particles are entering every orifice uh, or, or, uh, every orifice of my uh being <laughs> or maybe even I think my favorite oh, patty and selma just because they're both in sync <laughs> <Happy Ow>! birthday <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even when being very polite stops for the red light. <laughs> Let's the other flu. Yeah, oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, very cordial uh, flu. So the dreaded Osaka flu has reached Springfield there, and it's infecting everyone and causing disarray. But you know, a few people are taking advantage of it. Bart, for one, you know, Marge is about to send him to school, testing his temperature, and um, this definitely reminded me of my um, you know primary school, secondary school days there. Trying to force the virus to win and have you sweat it out at home. And um, did you have like a do you have like a perfect sick day from when you were younger, Cal? Uh, I have a few. So I used to. You, you have to tactically plan it a little bit. So wake up, set your alarm a little bit earlier, so you can wake up and then just uh, you know go into your parents' room, just saying that you're feeling a bit sick, and then you know so you got you got to let set the groundwork kind of thing. I've been caught out. I got cut out twice. One time I was actually ill, um, but from what how what I was doing, it looked like I wasn't. Sounds like I was masturbating. I wasn't. <laughs> um, 
I, I, I'd literally, I, I've had a, had, a, had a migraine or something. I can't remember what. Um, I told my mum that I, I weren't feeling very well, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you do look a bit peaky. Let you know, stay in bed, just make sure you're all right, and just watch some TV or something like that." And I'd just got Prince of Persia, um, free, free. I think it might be. It's the one where you like, you've got like a weird chain on your arm and shit like that. Um, yeah. So I thought, you know what, I'm not going to school. I'm like, I've got a bit of a headache. I feel a bit sick. Whatever, I'm just going to turn the PlayStation on, just have a few games. My mum walks in to see if I'm all right, if I want anything. Um, and then caught me on my PlayStation went, is this all you just wanted to do? I was like, no, 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 I'm generally ill. She's like, yeah, all right, bullshit. Get dressed, you're going to work, you're going to school. I was like, no. And I was actually <laughs> oh, no. ill. The second time I got, I wasn't ill, but um, the bus broke down or something like that. So I decided, uh, we decided to walk home from Ecclesfield, which is like two villages away. Um and me and my mate walks in, sat home and started watching South Park and stuff like that. And my mum was shop food shopping, so we were all right. Um, so I went right. Let's let's sneak out the back because because we didn't. Have, I didn't have a key. I only had a back door key because it was left under because my brother saw the at the time. So as we were locking up, we walk around. My mum's unpacking the shopping. It's like what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> like oh shit. Uh, but spread out. Oh no. Favorite kind of sick days. Um, I think I was only sick from school maybe two, three times the whole Nerd. period. I was at. I know completely. But I think my ideal day would be um, a bit of SmackDown. Here comes the pain on the PS2. A bit of cell damage as well. And then because um, I think I was around about age 13, 14 where I could essentially make something fried in a sandwich, so sausage or bacon. So like I'd make sure we'd have bacon in, and um, you know. You know, get like you say, get up early. Just stick my head under the covers for about ten minutes, so I'm just completely beading of sweat there, and say, "Oh, I feel right rough. Can I cut stay home?" And it was like, "Yeah, PS2 and bacon sandwiches, absolute dream that day." So they're in a pandemic now, but it's all right, folks. Mayor Quimby is making sure he stays with them, you know, throughout this whole uh, crisis, and we get a bit of steel drums come through because actually he is in the Bahamas. He's not really cancer, but you. Get that uh, steel drum out of the uh, mayor's office. It's, it's, I feel like there's going to be someone like that creating this current climate. And now for an emergency announcement from the mayor. People of Springfield, because of the epidemic, I have cancelled my vacation to the Bahamas. I shall not leave the city. Hey, you, get that steel drum out of the uh, mayor's office. Sorry, man. We also have Burns, um, you know, nothing's going to affect him, you know, because I've got the, you know, the secret chamber where... Not even a microbe can get out, and I mean, if you you know this episode, you know you know exactly what's going to happen. You get through all these multiple doors, and who's sat there? Good old Homer Simpson eating his lunch. <laughs> oh no, sorry, it's not. No, it's not Mister. It's not Homer Simpson. His name is Mister Burns. <laughs> I just like um, I like how he's so invested in his sandwich that it just takes him a few seconds, and he looks like, oh, we now have. I mean, in my opinion the most relevant bit to this uh, COVID crisis we're going through now. We have um, Dr. Hibbert in his medical clinic there and the crowd is chanting, you know, we need a cure there. And he says, well, the only cure I can give you is um, bed rest. Anything else is just like a harmless placebo, but they all start panicking. Where are these placebos? And I will say one of this one-off character there, but he does it very well. Um, I think Dan Castellan might be voicing goes, Maybe there's some of this truck! And they just chuck a load of stuff out, and it's Africanized bees. 
and then it fucks over all the crowd and he grabs a bean and eats it. I'm cured. I mean, ouch. It is just classic uh, crap. Uh, I can't Manic. I can't identity. I can't remember it's, what it's called. Uh, yeah, it's like mob mentality. Mob That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And it's just... It's, it's very present. <laughs> we need a cure! We need a cure! <laughs> Why, the only cure is bed rest. Anything I give you would only be a placebo. Where do we get these placebos? Maybe there's some in this truck. <laughs> I mean, ouch! We have the Flanders family are struck with the flu as well, so much so that Todd's speaking in tongues. And, um, <laughs> we have Flanders thinking, oh, you know, what have we done to deserve this? And he realises, you know, oh no, and um, yeah, I mean, did, I'm guessing you got the reference here, Cal, of why Flanders is damned forever. Now, did you watch Married with Children at any point? No, it was a bit before my time. Um, we... We kind of I've I've seen like references to it because obviously, um, the woman in it uh, is it Sally. Uh, uh, Peg. Peg. She she's obviously played uh, by who plays Leela at a later date. Yeah, Katie Segal, and she's also in her Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, um, and then there's a reference in in actual uh, Futurama where he marries the, first, the last of her kind or what she thinks it is. I don't think it is played by. Uh, the guy from Modern Family who plays uh, oh, Al, yeah, yeah. but I, I, I'm aware of the reference kind of thing. Yeah, but are we are we skipping away the the fact that uh, Ned wants Todd to one day speak in tongues? <laughs> oh yeah, I pray to God he does speak tongues. <laughs> well, I can never watch it in its original run, but yeah. I think through um, just references from many other podcasts, I gave it a go, and I will say it holds up mostly. There's a couple of like. Um, there's a lot of like you know jokes against fat people and a bit of shaming and that, but otherwise it's just the typical broad sitcom comedy. Also, it shits on um, Mrs. Brown's boys, but mind you, everything does. But there's one particular episode where the family go to this cabin in the woods and for a bit of a retreat, and then the old girls all end up syncing up for their time of the month and their and Yeah, it's just a lot of like oh um, putting the men in an uncomfortable situation. Got a lot of kicks out of that. So yeah, it's, um, it has its right place in history. We now have Marge and, you know, being the exuberant mother and that she's been rushed off her feet. The whole family's ill there, minus uh, Grandpa. So she's dealing with, you know, giving them orange juice and Flintstones, chewable morphine and such. And Grandpa's asking for a, a bottle of bourbon as well. But, you know, you can't have liquids after four. <laughs> and a great response by him. You can stir it in my mush. Otherwise, just gimme, gimme, gimme. It's like me with Lily Cider. It's uh, perfect. I really resonate with that. I have Marge nipping down at the Quickie Mart there, and she, she sort of goes into a stress hallucinogenic there, seeing the family's faces, requesting all the items and that, and she slams a basket down on Apu's till there and saying, oh, I have a bottle of aspirin as well. And, you know, even he's racking up the prices as per usual, saying, oh, it's twenty four ninety five, you know, because someone from a mental asylum just tried to tamper with the bottle there, but she begrudgingly pays for it. But, um, shock feel, horror, the alarm goes off, Cal. See, I feel that's more of a jab at, like, the American health system being ridiculously Ooh, expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does, the alarm does go off. Marge is eight foot two. 
uh, with the hair, or if you just step a little bit to the left <laughs> or right, even eight foot two. Um, but yeah, and in her stress, stressed ways, she had uh, accidentally pocketed some uh, good old. Mm. Ke- what uh, do you remember the brand of the, the Colonel Quickie Mark's Kentucky Bourbon? Uh, I've got it on the old screenshot here. But yeah, I will say in the animation and Julie Cavanagh's performance, they really sell the point that. I mean, there's no way she meant to nick that, you know. No. I mean, you should just see the, you know, the frag bits of hair around her and the, like, panic in her voice, how she looks really timid and that. It, and it ends um, the first act here. Now we're into act two there, and, you know, Marge needs to lawyer up, and we go to Lionel Hutz. He's one of your favourites. He's one of mine. Cal, I'll let you have this. Um, what did they do with Lionel? Uh, he's got a smoking monkey, which, <laughs> but he's not just got one. He's got a full drawerful. Um, yeah, they're all chaining. <laughs> and look, he's making another puff. Also, I really enjoyed <laughs> the sound uh, of the of the smoking monkey. It was really yeah. You get to hear the like mechanism go. Yeah. Like um, they <laughs> they get drawn Judge Rinder, which is a classic judge from The Simpsons. <laughs> now, don't you worry, Mrs. Simpson. I. Uh-oh. We've drawn Judge Snyder. Is that bad? Well, he's had it in for me ever since I kind of ran over his dog. You did? Well, replace the word kinda with the word repeatedly and the word dog with son. <laughs> there was an episode we did the other day. I can't remember which episode it was. But he, Lionel does something ridiculous. and uh, Oh, he's a, sh- he's a shoe clog now. Yeah, yeah that one. Um, and, he go, and then he just say, I don't know why we keep on hiring him. <laughs> Homer's trying to smooth things over. He'd like Apu to drop the charges. But Apu is doing a... He's doing an absolute madness with Sanjay. They're having a right good old time. Um, but, you know, quite frankly, he's going to put that bitch on ice. <laughs> we also have um, this word of Marge being a shoplifter and a right crim. Um, is spreading around um, Springfield. You know, starts with uh, Quimby and Wiggum. And then it goes to, you know, all the housewives and that, you know, Reverend Lovejoy and his wife and Miss Hoover and what have you. And um, we're now by uh, Flanders' house and you're saying, oh, don't worry, Marge, you know, think we will have brushes with the law there. <laughs> and what happens, Cal? Are you Flanders' ne- brush with the law. <laughs> Are you Ed Flanders? No, Ned. <laughs> My mistake. My mistake. I think, I, I'm, I think it's kind of psycho. Uh, where he's spying through the... Is it Psycho? Yes, it is. Yeah. Now, I'd watched this episode many times and thought, now, I feel that is a film reference, but what is it? But then, I watched Psycho for the first time what, about four years ago now. Great film, folks. Please. Amazing horror. Um, and yeah, it's Norman Bates looking at that um, woman sort of preening herself and that. And it's weird just seeing, obviously, a very sinister scene and then compare it to this where it's not even like a good hidey hole, good peep hole. It's right in the middle of the God bless you, the you and the oh there. Just wash your hands and get out and it's just adjusting a the frame there. There's also another there's an animation uh glitch which I screenshot and sent you earlier as well. Um when the churchgoers are when they're playing cards and stuff like that and it turns out March has got webbed toes. Um at one shot Reverend Lovejoy's got no legs randomly for some reason yeah he is a legless pasta there legless pasta 
I can't remember what I said. Uh, uh, floating Father is what I said. Aha. Floating Father. There we are. Yeah, Cal. We're now back into the courtroom there. And, um, I mean, this is one of the peaks of the episode, if you ask me. Because, um, I mean, it's just Phil Hartman doing his best there. And the writing really fits. And we get character witnesses up, you know. Reverend Lovejoy says she's privy to a lot of sensitive information. And here it is, and she just lets everything fly, and it ends with, you know, Marge, you know, she's been on the source and does the drinky, drinky motion. Now, Cal, please tell us about, hell, all of um, Hutz's tactics here, and what he tries to do for Marge. Uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, what, he, what he decides to do is uh, question Apu. Yes. Oh, yes, he questions Apu and his loyalty and he remembers exactly... Uh, After Pooh. a lovely little call from Crosby saying, you know, oh. oh, I'm really tempted for the bourbon, you know, <laughs> take it one day at a time and I love you. I love you too, man. <laughs> Do you know David Crosby is actually a Not massive personally. advocate for Alcoholics Anonymous and has oh. um, sponsored many, many other people and he's um, changing lives and making good music. But yes... Um, He's confronting Apu there. Now, Apu, Mrs. Simpson claims that she forgot she was carrying that bottle of delicious bourbon, brownest of the brown liquors. So tempting. What's that? You want me to drink you, but I'm in the middle of a trial. Excuse me. Hello, David. I'm really tempted. Just take it one day at a time and know that I love you. I love you too, man. And Apu, who's re- Apu quite anal, you know, Apu anal, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> 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 um, knows everything to the T, remembers everything exactly what time it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so good old Lionel decides to uh, qu- questioning his reliability and asking what type of tie he's got and he explains exactly in a half Windsor knot a, uh, a red, red and white striped tie So, Mr. Nahasapima Petalon if that is your real name have you ever forgotten anything? No. In fact, I can recite pi to 40,000 places. The last digit is one. Ooh, pie. Well, if you never forget anything, tell me this. What color tie am I wearing? You are wearing a red and white striped club tie in a half Windsor knot. Oh, I am, am I? Is that what you think? Well, if that is what you think, I have something to tell you. <coughs> something that may shock and discredit you. <coughs> and that thing is as follows. I'm not wearing a tie at all. <gasps> But if I am wrong about that, maybe I am wrong about Mrs. Simpson. No further questions. And a half wins uh, wins a knot, to which uh, good old Hutz, with about as much grace as a bull in a china shop, (laughs) (laughs) takes his tie off and hides it uh, up his sleeve, to which makes Apu doubt himself. It's just the it's just the delay on it as well. And how obvious is that? What you think? Well, if that is what you think, it's like trying to 
get your essay to 5,000 words there. Well, if that is what you think. <laughs> the, the one thing about this episode, there's quite a lot of memes that have kind of stood the t- yeah, test of is. time, one of which leading up where they're, uh, they've invited Lion- uh, Lionel Hutz to dinner. Um, and, they say, and Bart says, when I'm older, I want to be a lawyer just like you. Because the world needs more lawyers. Imagine a world without any lawyers. <laughs> it's paradise. It's like a cocaine. <laughs> so the thing is, Lionel Hurts originally what made me want to be a uh, a lawyer. And when I saw my parents, I wanted to be a lawyer. They were quite impressed, and they were like, "Oh, that's really good. You know, it's it's a good profession to have, obviously, and all this stuff." And I was like, "I want to be an ambulance char- uh, chaser, just like Lionel Hutz. I want to be a scummy lawyer <laughs> straight yeah. away." We have Lionel Hutz here. I guess his final part, you know, um, he sort of throws away the trial here. And I never noticed this, uh, Cal. When you get the real reveal of, you know, Mister Hutz, you know, you're not wearing any pants and. You see his bare ass. You see them actually look down at his bare ass. They do. I did not spot this until um, I watched very closely um, a couple of days ago there. Yeah, because they just look there. You see David Crosby as well. They're looking disappointed. And then they all look down at the same time. It's oh, perfect. And so, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. Hmm. Mr. Hutt, do you know you're not wearing any pants? What? Ah! I move for a bad court thingy. You mean a mistrial? Yeah. That's why you're the judge and I'm the law-talking guy. The lawyer. Right. The foreman will pass the verdict to the bailiff. This verdict is written on a cocktail napkin. And it still says guilty. And guilty is spelled wrong. Eat. Will the foreman please read the real verdict? We find the defendant guilty. It's classic. It's, it's, the, it's the subtleties and subtleties in the animation, which really make, especially on these earlier episodes where they kind of actually still cared. Have the jury there about to give their verdict a nice little piece of paper, but um, Hutz is going to try one more time, isn't he, Cal? <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> he um, <laughs> he switches the verdict, um, and he goes, uh, this verdict's uh, on a cocktail napkin, and it still says guilty. And guilty's wrote wrong, spelled wrong. <laughs> Marge is guilty. She's sent down to the big house for 30 days there. And we get a fantasy sequence with, um, I guess, Bart in his best drag there, saying, you know, oh, don't worry, Mum, I'll crack you out with you know, a cocktail dress and a crowbar. <laughs> and it's a nice fantasy sequence. Ooh, Bartina. And he's, um... <laughs> and he's seducing the warden. Yeah, he was the loneliest warden in the penal system. I just like his voice. For one, I've got just, oh, down I go. And he gets covered with a crowbar. But Marge is sent away, folks. Um, you know, that's pretty much how we end Act 2. Well, we end Act 2 with, you know, Sanjay and Apu saying, oh, now she's behind bars, our store's secure. And, um, yeah, Snake, Snake literally just ups and leaves with a whole quickie mark. He's taking it to Mexico. <laughs> that's quite a good impression. <laughs> Marge now in Springfield Women's Prison, you know. Orange is the new yellow here, folks. I've been working tirelessly for 24 hours for that one, so <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Get out. <laughs> it's my podcast yeah, Marge, now, bitches. Um... <laughs> we'll talk about Futurama. We have Marge now in prison. <laughs> we have Marge in prison now, and she's seen her um, inmate, Phillips, because she killed her husband with a Phillips head screwdriver. Now, what did you think about these prison scenes here, Cal? Because 
I thought they were all right, but I don't. I feel like they weren't as as good as what we have seen, and as good as um you know we see the town descending into chaos because Marge isn't there. They, I think they felt a bit flat to me. Uh, it it is a little bit of a downer of the episode. Um, however, it's there's a few little nice gags. There's the ma- uh, the Mad Magazine folding, um, which are some for some t- reasons. Every so often, just gets into my head. Every so often, I don't know why. It always used to freak me out. Like, how does she even do that? I know it's a cartoon, but um, yeah, this scene. I don't know. Just a bit where they get uh, they finally visit, and it kind of shows how much the town kind of goes to shit when Marge is not there. Um, where they're trying to get a statue for Lincoln. <laughs> But we'll, oh, get, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get to that Wait. obviously when we get yeah, I think I'm jumping yeah. ahead a little bit ahead um, there's uh, uh, where, where Homer visits great, um, yeah we do get a great bit of um, it goes to shit with the family you know the walls are covered with shit and all that they're running out of clean clothes oh, within 10 minutes this. though this is a bit yeah <laughs> and um, yeah Homer saying oh you know I'll get more clothes from the attic there's loads of stuff up there and I've used this screenshot loads of times. I used it um, when I found out, you know, like, oh, Disney's buying Fox there so they can add another princess to the list. It's Homer <laughs> in a bridesmaid's outfit. My favourite bit, what always sticks in my head, is um, when they go and visit Marge and he goes, well, we tried to flush the gator, but uh, it got stuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, this made me creep. This down. makes me crease each time because... Like, what what are the days you're going to see an octogenarian and an alligator having out there? And Grandpa's just chatting absolute shit towards him. Eh, you're not going to get it, see? And then he spits his teeth out and the gator eats it and he just looks completely defeated. I've seen, I've seen this on a, like, a shitposting site. Someone had a tattoo of this. Of what? Of the gator in the toilet and Abe looking really aggressive. <laughs> it's amazing. Is this how smugly, uh, how smugly, how smug the alligator actually looks? Oh, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> so, how are things at home? We flushed the gator down the toilet, but it got stuck halfway and now we have to feed it. I'll bet you want a piece of me. Well, you ain't going to get it. See? <laughs> oh. it. And we also have, um, the family have obviously met with Marge, you know, for the one day in prison. And I thought they would have stopped the gag at, you know, oh, Homer's wearing a wedding dress. But no, they bring it to the pri- uh, prison with, Homer, is that an old Halloween costume? <laughs> uh, no. He just looks, he looks like such a child, like, caught his hand in the cookie jar, like, oh, I wasn't supposed to be wearing this, but it's so Too cute. Early, so. Yeah, it's brilliant. So as I just remember, I am evil, Homer. I am evil. Yeah, it's the exact same suit from that. We have a bake sale as well whilst Marge is away, you know, to beautify our park bake sale. And we have another sort of one-off background character there. Now, I did enjoy it. Like, who's this needless, who's this needlessly camp man cow there? Oh, do you have any more marshmallow squares? I'm sorry, Marge since make those. Oh, darn. <laughs> well, there's absolutely no need, but I think it just added that much more. <laughs> It's just, it's just magical. It just shows you how well the town goes to shit. And just the whole, we're f- uh, $15 short. Exactly what Marge Simpson's marshmallow squares would have brought together. <laughs> we still afford a statue? No, we're going to have to go for <laughs> something less. 
And what do they go with, Cal? Is it the 32nd president? Or 35th? Jimmy Carter. Good old Jimmy Carter, America's monster. And this just sends the town to a powder keg there. It just explodes into complete anarchy. You know, buildings are on fire. Jimmy's statue is getting used to, you know, rob and pilch and all that. And we come up to my favourite moment of the episode, folks. Release the dogs. Gee, they look pretty mad. Yeah, I've been starving them, teasing them, singing off key. Me, me, my, mo, me, moo, my, me. Chief Wiggum's got this under control. You know, he's going to release the dogs, but they're like foaming at the mouth. They're angry. Lou realizes this. He goes, oh, why are they so pissed off? Oh, you know, I've been starving them, singing them, starving them, teasing them. Singing off key and and then just like matter of one second, the shutters are up and they just go for him already. Ah, oh, bad dog. <laughs> yeah, absolute favorite moment of the show there. And Maud says, "Oh, you know all this because Marge Simpson isn't here." And as she says that, Marge, thirty days are up. She's saying goodbye to Phillips, and I always forget this bit. Cow, he says. Oh, you gonna be alright on the inside? Yeah, I'll be fine, you know. Men are scum, but I found this nice guy and it's Barney with a little rose and he's taking home his identity, he's catfishing over. He's Homer and he works at the nuclear plant there. I always forget this bit. The family are happy that Marge is gonna be home soon, but you know, how are we gonna get rid of all this shit and mud and all that? But it's fine, we'll sweep it all under the rug now. Could you remember all of these sort of sound effects? Because now it finishes on, you know, the sarcastic, like, hey, watch it. But you hear, like, a squelch, a can getting opened. It'd be a good question, that, for a quiz. Name all the... This is such a useless thing to know. It's like a can open, squelching, crunching. There's all sorts. Marge arrives home, and she gets a hero's welcome there. You know, no one should have doubted her. You know, even Helen Lovejoy there saying I shouldn't be so gossipy. Three cheers for Marge Simpson from Dr. Hibbert. And they've even got her a statue, Cal. But what's happened with Jimmy there? What kind of statue is this? It's got a nice little beehive. She goes, <laughs> oh, thanks. It's, it's like uh, it's... when you give your mum a drawing or, you know, tell her that. Like, yeah, that's it. Tell have, her you that... Seen that... <laughs> have you seen that vine of... Um... I think it's like a five-year-old kid. He gets an avocado for Christmas. He goes, avocado. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> it was the same energy, yeah. And that's how we end the episode, folks, there. Um, Cal, as always, um, what are your final thoughts on this episode there? And what kind of ranking are you giving this one in particular? I thought it was a very strong episode. Um it's it's got laughs all the way through. It does do the the thing what I always kind of the mean later episodes. What what season is this? This is four, did you say? This is season four. Yeah, which yes. is kind of when Simpsons were at the peak, but it kind of differs into the part where the beginning of the episode doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the end of the episode. Mm. However, it works so organically and works so well. It's perfect. It's it's a perfect episode. It ages really well. Um, obviously, there's bits with like Cosby or whatever, uh, which maybe people kind of question a little bit, just purely because they may not know who he is. But this last throughout, you know, um, it's a good 
it's a strong Marge central episode where Marge isn't really in it that much. Um, mm, yeah. But I just I thought it was a good episode in regards to ratings. Probably I'd have to give it four smoking monkeys out of five. Um, my favorite part of the episode is this Lionel Hutz. Lionel, I you can oh, pick yeah, and choose them really. Um, probably just him getting hyped over the smoking monkey or, and then finding out that it's actually Judge Rinder who's going to... Not Judge Rinder, that's the ITV guy, isn't it? Snyder. Uh, Snyder. Close. Um, who's going to fuck him up. But yeah, what about yourself? For myself, um, I mean, for me, this is just typical of The Simpsons during that period of time. I do rate um, Oakley and Weinstein. There. I think they're one of, if not the best duo of writers uh, that The Simpsons ever had and it shows i mean even from the background characters like your you know i'm cured fella or you know the camp marshmallow squares man those lines are brilliant you get all sorts of memes from this phil hartman does a great turn as both troy mcclure and lionel hutz um the story itself is really grand in there um just a lot of wacky nice escalating jokes as well good callback jokes with homer and his uh fancy dress suits and that the only down part I'd say is the scene where Marge is actually in prison. I think they could have punched them up a bit more there. Um I'd say the amount of time she's in prison is alright, it's fine, but just maybe punch them up a bit more, but I can't ask how, so I can only ask for so much. So with that I'm gonna give it four out of five um marshmallow squares. Okay, we're gonna pull on that random episode generator and see what pops out next. <laughs> Get ready for some plastic surgery and become the mug of the drug that you want to chug. Because we're going to season 11 with Pig Molian. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a 5 star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. And the same on Twitter as well, at TylerTMC. Or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, good, good. Mmm, sounds good.